Hey everybody, I'm Michael Light, and this is my podcast, The Bibleonian. I'm a layman who is absolutely crazy about the Hebrew Bible and about Second Temple Jewish theology. And on this podcast, I'm exploring all of the Hebrew Bible and how it is all completed in the life, death, and resurrection of my Messiah, Jesus. And I also read and write about theology and about other religions that I'm studying. And you can see my raw thoughts on these topics and more by following me on all of my socials. And you can find my more polished works on my website with the link in my show notes. With that said, let's move right into this episode for the week. For this first full episode, I thought it would be good for me to share my trail of theology as a way to put this whole podcast series into perspective. Uh, I'd like to share when I first became interested in theology, and even before that, to today. So, growing up, I was raised and born in a Christian household. Uh, My parents were super uh, devout, serious followers of Jesus Messiah, and uh, they raised me in a way that I would know all of the major stories from the Bible. I was that one um, kid in the Sunday school class that had the answers, um, which was either God, Jesus, or the Bible. And I even knew a little bit more than the other kids who were also raised in Sunday school um, because my parents just tended to know more about Christianity. Um, And growing up, uh, I always had a motivation to uh, learn more and to uh, just be devoted to whatever I was going to do. Um, I remember one part of my life Um, when I was in about maybe middle school, and I thought, not only am I only going to listen to Christian music, but at the end of the day, when I'm watching stuff on YouTube, I'm only going to watch Christian YouTube videos. I'll either learn more about the gospel, or I'll learn more about the Bible, or something like that. Um, And I remember uh, one of my friends shared with me, he, he told me, hey man, I found this YouTube channel that is super, super cool. It has great animations, but it also explains super complicated things about the Bible in a simple way, and it's called The Bible Project. And I remember going home and uh, looking them up and seeing all their videos on all of the different uh, books of the Bible and all the different uh, theological ideas that could be traced throughout the Bible. And... That was something that was always uh, super impactful for me and formative for me. Uh, The Bible Project, personally, was something that was kind of a foundation for my theology, especially later on when I would go back and see the deeper truths in their videos and in their podcasts and in their classes that I hadn't seen beforehand um, when I was taking their classes. But anyways, moving forward a little bit, Up until my senior year, I really didn't know that much about theology. I could give a little bit of a better answer in Sunday school about the different Bible stories, but I really didn't know that much more than, say, your typical layman. 
But I remember my senior year in high school, I was sitting around in a class that I didn't do much in. I mean, I'm a senior. And I remember just thinking to myself about how for the rest of the year, I was just going to be playing some dumb, unblocked games that were boring because our Chromebooks were uh, strict on what they blocked and everything. So I could just continue to play those games where I could actually learn something. And I thought about the first thing that I wanted to learn. I thought, what if I actually started to study the primary sources for my current worldview? And um, obviously, I'd been studying the Bible for a while then, but I had never looked into the things that formed the theology of the Protestant Reformation, say, the 95 Theses. So I remember very vividly in that class, it was a scientific research class, I got my Chromebook and I searched up the 95 Theses. And I spent the time just reading through every thesis, uh, thesis and I would spend just a couple minutes just trying to like really let it soak in and try to actually understand what it was saying. And then I remember the next class not having anything to do and then going and searching up the 95 Theses in contemporary English and better understanding that. And I didn't know a lot of the history behind it, but it, it was helpful for me to understand this primary source that was so foundational to my worldview as a Protestant. I remember going on, I was like, what about all these other questions that I'd never looked into? Like, why do Roman Catholics have more books in their Bible than I do? So I looked that up. I was like, oh, there's the Apocrypha. And look at this. These books are historical. They're actually super important. And even the New Testament authors thought they were important. So I started to read uh, bits and pieces of the Apocrypha. I remember one class, I just sat down and read through the whole book of Tobit. And it just was so helpful for me as someone who had never heard of the story of Tobit to just look on the rest of the Bible and think about how crazy that was. The Bible was something that was so tame for me. And reading something like the book of Tobit, where it, if you don't know about the book of Tobit, it's this totally crazy but super cool story about this person who's faithful during the Assyrian um, exile. And he goes up to Jerusalem all the time, pays all his tithes. Um, and then one night he's sleeping with his window open and a bird comes and poops on his eyes. He becomes blind. His child is sent out to go get some money from one of his family members and ends up marrying this girl who had all of her husbands killed the first night of their wedding uh, by a demon. And then uh, this guy is told to kill a fish and put its guts on the bed their first night after they're married to cast away the demon. And then this angel Raphael comes and kills that demon. And just this totally bizarre and obscure story just really helped me to understand that the book that I was reading was foreign. And it really helped me to not just like understand intellectually, as I had heard from the Bible project, that this Bible was some foreign, uh, mystic, uh, ancient Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek texts that were written on the opposite side of the world in a completely different culture and country 2,000 years ago. But these should actually be read as if they're foreign and as if they are crazy to me. And... That was really formative to me because I thought, what if I read the Bible 
as if it was as strange as this book of Tobit where all these crazy things are happening. And I think that was one of the most major developments that happened. I decided when I read the Bible, I'm not just going to go through the passage and put it down. I'm going to find something that's crazy and obscure. And that's when I started to notice all of the things that are so taboo in Christian culture today that are in the Bible itself. Uh, You have stories like, I can't remember if it's in one of the books of Samuel or Kings or Chronicles, probably happens in all of them. But these messengers are sent out. I think it's a second Samuel. That's a, besides the point. These messengers are sent out and they go to this person to ask for peace. It's from King David. So yeah, second Samuel. And the king thinks they, they are, have mal intentions. And so he cuts off their robes just above their buttocks. And they have to walk back naked and they're ashamed. And then I was thinking about Genesis chapter 6 verse 1. Where the sons of God come and they lie with the um, women. And I thought about all of the different crazy, obscure things that I just completely read past. And um, I remember one part, actually, one time when I was reading in college, and I was reading about the, uh, the different kings of Judah and uh, northern Israel that were going and were sacrificing and bowing down to Asherah. And I had read past that word, But I didn't know what it was. And uh, I searched it up and I was like, wow, this word is actually a pretty common word in the Bible. And I had just read past it all the time. And so during my senior year, that was something that was super formative was me figuring out my faith, the foundation of my faith. Not really as much what I believe as a Christian, but my perspective as a Christian, my worldview within that. As a Protestant, what do I believe? As somebody who follows the Baptist tradition, what does that mean? Where did that come from? Questioning these things, but not in a way that's provocative, but in a way that is educational. I remember in classes, I would also listen to sermons. Um, I would look up theological terms. I was like, okay, but what about this book, First Enoch? Um, And I looked that up and I was like, oh, there's this book called the Pseudepigrapha, which is heretical. Not really, but that's what I found. And I remember going further into my senior year. That was the year that COVID struck and we all stayed home. And before that, I was somebody who always made YouTube videos. I thought it was super fun. I wanted to make funny content and uh, I would have liked to hit it big. I remember one time my friends were telling me, hey, Michael, you know, you may actually get bigger on TikTok if you tried making TikToks. And earlier I had tried making TikToks that were like my YouTube videos, but nobody really found them funny. And I just... I was reading about this theology and um, I was also working out uh, political things, uh, mostly like abortion. I had a big problem with abortion. And so I made a video about that and I just woke up the next day with hundreds of notifications, all these likes and all these comments. uh, The comments were not um, like the likes. They were very much uh, angered by what I was making, obviously. And so I struck it off on TikTok and I started making more TikToks and teaching people uh, some about abortion and some about theology. Again, I didn't know very much theology at that time, but I knew a little bit. And I remember going on later, I would challenge somebody to a debate. I challenged someone to a debate 
actually there was this pretty big liberal theolo- um, liberal TikTok content creator. Uh, her name was that liberal girl, and she actually challenged me to a debate, and that was something that I didn't actually get to go full, uh, fully ahead of, uh, get to go through with. But I did get to debate this this one group of people on abortion with another uh, political content creator on TikTok named Benjamin Politics. Now you may be asking, what does this have to do with theology? And I'll get back to that in a second, but. First, I have to understand the backstory. We had this debate about abortion, and I realized that a lot of my reasoning for abortion was solid, but there were a lot of pro-choice arguments that I couldn't ignore and that I didn't have a sufficient answer for. I also understood that there were different terms that they would use, like bodily autonomy, that I did not understand. And I thought about how I wanted to continue debating and making content, But if I really wanted to make it up there, then I had to learn. I remember also watching um, another content creator on TikTok, and they were talking about how they were learning a lot and reading a lot. And it struck me in that moment that if I wanted to learn, I would have to read. And at that time, I hated reading. I abhorred reading. But I already had an assignment to read, and so I just sat down and started reading a lot. Um, to write for a book report. And then I also had to do another online class assignment where I talked about the book I was going to read. And I didn't want to be some loser that said I was reading this boring book. And so I said, how about I spark a discussion and say I'm reading Jane Rose, that is the um, pseudonym for uh, the person who was in the court case, the infamous Roe v. Wade. I said, all I'm reading her autobiography. But I didn't want to lie, so I picked it up and I started to read it. And then I started to read um, pro-life answers to pro-choice questions, um, defending the pro-life position, I think is what it's called, and um, all these different books on that. And then after that, around that time, actually a little bit before that, I think, if I remember correctly, the Bible Project, which I was already such a big fan of, dropped a new class. And the Bible Project was led by this scholar that I had found named Tim Mackey. And I just loved watching his sermons in class. And so I decided that I had to take this Bible Project class on the Hebrew Bible. So I started the class and I didn't get very far into it. Um, And it wouldn't be later until I was in college that my friend talked about how he finished it and it was really formative for him. So, of course, I had to finish that class, and they came out with another one on biblical cosmology in Genesis 1, and I finished that one in about a week. And then I just continued to take their classes as they came out, and I just learned more and more and more, and I started to listen to their podcast, and I started reading other theological books, um, like books that were recommended by the scholar Tim Mackey. Um, Robert Alters, his series on the art of the Bible, whether that's Bible translation, narrative, or poetry. And then as I read into cosmology, uh, I picked up the Robin A. Perry's Biblical Cosmos, A Pilgrim's Guide to the Weird and Wonderful World of the Bible. And just all these different things just completely just... I would read them and I would watch them and go through them so quickly. But just over the next three months after taking these things, they would really just start to soak in.
it was like tea that was brewing. You put the tea leaves in and then you put in the water and it's like, I already had the tea leaves, but over the next three months, these things would, would start to brew and I would be working um, actually at a tea place and all of a sudden something would strike me that I had learned three months ago and I was like, oh, that's what that meant. And that's when I really started to understand the Bible on a wholly deeper level. In fact, that senior year was the year that I would have finished reading the Bible for the first time. And I decided that I needed to do it again. And so uh, slowly but surely at the beginning, um, I started reading and my friend also started reading through the Bible and he was going to finish it in 90 days. And so I decided to read alongside him. So I had to pick up the pace at the last couple of seconds and catch up to him. Um, and at that time I was going to a very big Christian university called Liberty University. And at Liberty University, I wasn't really sure what to major in. I came in as a digital marketing major because I really liked Photoshop, but I knew a graphic design major wouldn't do me anything. Um, and I came in and um, almost died of boredom taking a statistics class and figured about eight weeks through that I had to switch to religious studies in biblical languages because this scholar, Tim Mackey, had really gotten me into the language of the Bible and what it was all about. And uh, going to college, though, uh, at that time, I had only been taking the base level classes, which most of them were uh, theological, um, like my class on religion and on theology and on evangelism. And the professors, a lot of them had really big hearts and they had great intentions, it seemed. But I would listen into a lot of their lectures and I would realize that they had read a lot and they had done a lot of research, but in a way their research didn't matter so much because it was all backed up behind this belief that wasn't biblical in the first place. They would teach about how the Bible says that the earth is 6,000 years old or how there is only one God or about how um, all these just different things that have so much more nuance to them that they would teach as if it was biblical because they were coming to the Bible wanting to force it into their own contemporary biblical literalist worldview. And that was something that made me passionate because I wanted to come to the Bible in a way that let the Bible transform how I saw everything. Because I had just learned that the Bible had taught that the world was flat and that there are multiple gods that are all lower and created by God to serve him. And that it doesn't matter how old the earth is. And I was so convinced that there is a problem with how so many of us in the contemporary West read the Bible. And that really struck a passion for me to go on and later teach the Bible at a higher level. And going to a Christian college, there was also a lot of very more lukewarm people, people who um, some of them believed what they believed very firmly, but could not back up what they believed. They didn't know why they believed it. And so I remember my spring semester, 
that's when I started to pick up a book like the Quran. Um, and then later that summer, the Book of Mormon. Not because I was looking into joining those religions, but because I wanted to know if a Mormon came to me or if a Muslim came to me, why I believed what I believed and why I didn't believe what they believed. And so I started to um, read those books and I thought might as well annotate them while I'm at it and make notes. And then once I'm done, I might as well write an essay and explain myself. And while I was reading all those books, I thought, well, I might as well read extra biblical texts. And then I picked up the Dead Sea Scrolls after the Quran and before the Book of Mormon. And then after the Book of Mormon, which is right now, I decided to pick up the Pseudepigrapha and start reading through Pseudepigraphal texts. And all of this just goes to show how... Everything is inherently theological. There was no way that I could escape theology. I realized that my politics, my morals, my values, how I understood everything, how I understood everyone, how people work, psychology, philosophy was all based on theology. The entire world ran on theology. Whether it was a theology that taught that there was no God at all, and so screw it, I can live my life however I want. Or whether it was a theology that taught that there is one God that is not three persons. Or whatever theology it was, everything was literally theological. And so if I wanted to really understand my worldview, the world that I'm living in, and the people that I interact with, then I had to understand my theology. The I had to understand what was the true theology and try to fit my theology into that or conform to that. And I had to learn the theologies of others so that I could communicate what I believed was the true theology to them. Through all that, I haven't reached the end. I haven't learned it all. I never will. I'm quite confident in saying that I know more than most laymen, but I'm still on a journey and I still have much of a track left in front of me. Not just to learning all theology, but even to get to the end of my studies, at the end of my life. There's a little bit that I've read, but there's so much more that I haven't. And there's so much more that I want to read. But through it all, something that has been inspirational for me is the fact that I'll never get there. But I don't need to. The point of this life isn't to get everything perfect. The point of my journey in theology is not to know all the answers. My point, my reason for my calling to theology, I believe, is to come to a better understanding of God and to come to a better understanding of humanity and not only come to that intellectual understanding, but a personal understanding that drives how I live and act and think.
So there you go. That's my story. I hope letting me say that helped you understand a little bit more about who I am and about where I'm coming from when I share the things that I do from this podcast. All that being said, thank you for listening and I'll catch you next week in Bible Log.